good to worship and it's good to acknowledge that. And I pray that each and every one of us today, that we would not just sing words that I am a child of God, but that you would truly believe it in your heart and in your spirit. All right, why don't you do me a favor? Let's go ahead and, and just have a seat. And uh, let, let me just speak about that for a second. Because uh, like, I, like I said at the beginning, the, the whole series that we've been in is, is all about that. It's recognizing that we are children of God, that we are sons of God and daughters of God. And uh, that, that's what we're going to camp out in and, and, and talk about. Uh, if you're new with us, uh, like I said earlier, I want you to get connected but I also want to catch you up to speed about this series, all right? Because it's called Finding the One. And it was specifically geared for those who are single and those who are this gen, that, that it would be a series that would help you walk out uh, where you're at in life right now. But it's way bigger than dating, all right? Now, we're going to talk about dating today. And we're going to talk about what, what a marriage should look like today. We're going to get to that. But before we do, just to catch everybody up to speed, because there's a, there's a reason for this. There's an importance behind it. That, that week one, we looked at Genesis chapter one, and we said that, that in Genesis chapter one, we needed to recognize that we are children of God, that we were made in the image of God on purpose and for a purpose. That we said, before you ever go and try to find the one, we first got to find ourselves. And if you weren't with us on that Sunday, then I strongly encourage you, make sure you go and, and watch that. It's online, it's on YouTube, and you can get that. Then last week, we said this, that, that we are supposed to be inside of a relationship with God, that that's how he designed us. Yet every one of us has sinned, all of us have messed up, and we stepped out of that relationship. Relationship. Yet because of that, God came to us, that, that God didn't leave any of us in the garden alone. He didn't allow any of us to hide. God actually came into the garden saying, I want to find you. I want to be in relationship with you. I, I want to fix this. Now today, we're going to finally move on and we're going to talk about dating. But, but there's still one more pause there's one more pause that we all need to hear, is that I'm going to talk about how to find the one. I'm going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about marriage. But I first want you to hear, it's okay to be single. All right? Like, like there's some of you in the room that are single that I know in our church, 50% of the people who attend our church are single. And that could be due to age that maybe you're young, you just haven't started uh, dating or haven't, uh, you know, looked at marriage yet or something like that. Others of you, because of life circumstance, you find yourself single. So I know that there's well over 50% of people who normally attend The Rock are single. I want you to hear, it's okay to be single. Because you hear all growing up, when are you going to get married or who are you going to get married? For those of you who are young adults, the minute you start dating somebody, somebody starts saying, hey, are you going to marry them? Or, and then you start dating very long at all. It's like, when are you getting married? Like, like we push everybody to marriage. See, in this series, there was a specific design. Three weeks long, the first two, we didn't even talk about dating. And the reason why is because finding your marriage Spouse is not the most important thing. Finding your life in Christ, that is the most important thing. 
All right? Now, some of you, yeah, yeah, you can clap to that. You can celebrate that. But some of you are like, but I want to get married. That's okay. It talks about that in Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. It says that, that some of us will desire marriage, and, and that's okay. And if you desire that, then let's make sure we do it right. So I want to help you find the one today. Well, I'm not going to say you're going to find them today. I'm going to give you some principles that will help you along the journey, okay, of finding the one that, that, that I'm going to do it, though, by, by saying, what is it that you're looking for? Like, if you're going to find the one, you've got to know who it is that you're looking for. And if you were to go on to a, a dating app or a, a website, you know, match.com or something like that, that you'd have to fill out a dating profile and, and you would fill out like what you're looking for. At least I, I'm guessing that's how they all start. I didn't go and try because I knew that'd get me in trouble, okay? Um, but, but my guess is the way that, that immediately you'd get on a site like that, you'd have to put in there who you are, but also what you're looking for. Uh, are you looking for somebody rich? Are you looking for somebody uh, that, that is tall, dark, and handsome? Are you, are you looking for an athlete? Are you looking for somebody funny? Now, some of you are just looking for somebody who's got a job, right? Like, like, you don't even care if they're wealthy. You're just like, will you just get your butt up and go to work? Because that's all I'm looking for, right? Like, you know, I'm saying that, that we have these things that we say, this is what I'm hoping to find in somebody. Well, I don't want you to have to turn to, a, uh, to, to Google. I don't want you to have to turn to a, a website to, to find what you're looking for that, that I want you to just simply turn to Scripture. Because the Bible will tell you exactly what you should be looking for in a spouse. And, and, and it's pretty simple. The, the Bible would say it this way. If I, if I was to go to Genesis chapter 2, and, and we've been in Genesis chapter 1, we've been in Genesis chapter 3, but Genesis chapter 2 would say that, that you need to find a helper, that, that the person that you should be looking for as a spouse, if you're looking for somebody as a spouse, then you should be looking for a helper. Now, when I say that, I don't mean somebody that you can help. Like, like it's kind of weird because technically you should help somebody because they're looking for a helper. But our problem many times in dating is we're just looking for somebody we can help. We're like, oh, I can fix that person. I can help that person be a better guy. No, you can't. You know what I mean? Like, like, like we're often looking that direction. I don't want you to hear find a helper and think in your mindset, I'm looking for somebody I can fix or somebody I can help. That's not really what I mean. What I mean is find a helper the way God describes it. And, and he'll do so in Genesis 2. But, but I got to give you the backstory. See, in Genesis chapter 1, it starts where God basically creates everything. Like Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then from there, we see that he, he created the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the animals, the, the, the trees, the, the, the fish, the birds. He created all. And it says, and he created mankind. Now, Genesis chapter 1, let me give you a little Bible knowledge for a second. Genesis chapter 1 is what I'd call a 30,000 uh, foot view of creation. That if you go to that 30,000 foot view, it's God saying, this is what happened. Genesis chapter 2 gets on surface level. 
Like Genesis chapter 1, it's like, hey, this is what I did. Genesis chapter 2 is a little bit more, this is how I did it. And he goes deeper into the story of creating mankind. And he starts by creating man. That it says that he took the, the dust of the earth and the breath of his spirit and he took the dust and he fashioned it together and he formed it together and then he breathed his spirit into the man who we call Adam. So Adam was born out of the dust and out of the breath of God. He was, and he was actually crafted in the wild. I think that's important. We'll see it. It's Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. It reads like this. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. That, that I think it's interesting. Like many times we always just think, well, Adam was created in the garden. But it actually says that God took Adam and he put him in the garden. I really think, and Scott Johnson, one of our pastors, we were talking about this, that, that God created mankind in the wild, which explains a lot about men, right? Like we were created in the wild. And then after God created us in the wild, he then took us and he placed us in the garden and he gave us a job to till it and to keep it. See, in Genesis 1, 30,000-foot view, you are to uh, rule and reign over earth. In Genesis 2, like ground-level view, that you're to till the ground. Be a farmer, be a shepherd. He says, I've got a job for you to do. And then he leaves man to do the job. How long do you think it took God to see man and go, boy, he's screwing that up? Have you thought about this? Because in verse 15, he says he placed him in the garden. In verse 18, he says, that guy needs a helper. Right? You know what I mean? Like, 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 I don't know if it was an hour. I don't know if it was a day. I don't know if it was a week. But eventually, I can picture God looking at the angels going, he just doesn't have it. He just needs some work. He needs somebody to come alongside of him. Siri, I didn't ask you. God already told us, okay? That... That it's one of those moments that, that I think that God's looking at Adam and, and saying, he needs a helper. Why didn't God just give Adam the helper right at the beginning? I think it's because oftentimes, as men, forgive me for saying it this way, it takes us a while before we realize we need a helper. Am I right? <laughs> I only hear women clapping and saying Amen. <laughs> All the guys are like, stop, Josh. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> right? But you know what I'm saying, right? And it's like, God, like I imagine the angels were looking going, God, he needs help. He's like, I know, but he needs to realize that as well. And then this is what it says. I love verse 18. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Like, like, don't miss that, okay? It's not just that he needs a helper. He needs a helper who is suitable. Like, like, like man needs a helper that's really going to help him do the job. So, so now it gets a little weird. If you look at scripture, you might be like, I, I, that doesn't make sense, but it will. Just, just look and see what happens. Verse 19 says, so the Lord God had formed the, out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man 
to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one of them. He gave names to all the livestock and all the birds of the sky and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. Well, like imagine what's going on. Like God saying to Adam, hey, Adam, you need a helper. And he's like, boy, I, I do. I, I, I do. Can, can you bring one? He's like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let the animals pass in front of you. And you can, you can see if one of them is a suitable helper. And he's like, no. No, no, right? Like every animal passes by, gives them a name. It's like, not a helper, not a helper, not suitable. This doesn't work, all right? And, and you can recognize it doesn't work for many reasons, but Adam is sitting there going, what are you doing, God? This isn't working. None of these are suitable helpers for me. And it took time for Adam to, to be patient to find a suitable helper. I want you to think about this for those of you who are dating right now. How often do we see one or two people pass by and we go, no, no, well, that one will do. And we start dating somebody that God did not in store, uh, did not plan on you dating. You see what I'm getting at? Like I think too many times what will happen uh, for those of us in that dating cycle that you'll be like, well, I just really want to be with somebody. Like I don't want to be alone. And then so the next thing that happens is you see one guy like, no, no, well, he'll do. Listen, if you start your I do's with he'll do, it won't work. It won't work. It won't last. Don't settle. Don't settle. God's got something great in store. And that's what we see in the story. I think that's the reason God gave us the part of the story like this, because he's saying, I've got something great for you. And what, what God ended up doing is after all the animals had passed by, he caused Adam to fall into a, a deep sleep. It says, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made the woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. Like he brought Eve, and Adam's looking at Eve, and he's like, whoa. That's why she's called whoa man. Maybe. But, but you see what happens in the story? That Adam's looking for a suitable helper and there's not one to be found until God brings Eve. And he pulled Eve out of the side of Adam, pulled a rib out. And I think that's on purpose. He didn't pull from his head so that Eve would be like the head of Adam. Didn't pull from his feet so that Eve would have to be under Adam. Pulled from his side because we are equal yet different. We have different roles. We have different differences in our biological makeup, in our emotional makeup. We are equal, but we are different. And God puts Eve in front of Adam and says, now that's a suitable helper. A suitable helper for what? See, see that, that's what it all comes down to. Like, 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 why does Adam need a helper, and what does a suitable helper even mean? It means someone who will help you do the work that God has called you to do. 
And what is the work that God has called us? Go back to Genesis 1, to bring him glory and to do the work he called us to do, which is to rule and to reign, to till, to till, and, and to take care of. That God has a job for you, and your job is to follow him and do what he calls you to do, and we need helpers to help us do that. A suitable helper is not, the, not someone who's supposed to put food on the table. The suitable helper is not to put a roof over your head. The suitable helper is not to make you happy. That's God's job. The suitable helper is to help you follow God and to do the things that he's called you to do. So look for a suitable helper who you can be one with. Look for a suitable helper that you can become one with. See, when, when we come together in marriage, we come together as one flesh. That that's the way that, that sex was designed. Is that, that sex was designed not as a, just an activity, not just as entertainment, not as just something to do. It was designed to bring you together as one flesh in marriage. We'll see it. Look at Genesis it goes back and says, The man said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. That we were designed in marriage to help one another and to be one together. That, that maybe I could say it this way, that we should have one life. And that comes from being one flesh. Now, again, with this idea of one flesh, that, that that is for marriage, too often we try to become one flesh or one life way before marriage is there. That's not the way God designed it. He designed it for marriage to come together as one flesh, one life in marriage. But once you come together in marriage, we are supposed to have one life together, not for a season, not for a while, but for life. And I know in, in our world today that, that that's just not how it's lived out by most people. They were like, no, marriage was for a season, but it ended. No, marriage was designed by God for life. And I know that, that some of you right now, you're, you're sitting in that situation and you're de dealing with that. I get it. But for those of you who are single, for those of you who are dating, you have to enter into that marriage with the mindset of this is for life. If you go in with any other mindset, it won't work. If you think, well, marriage is just for a season, marriage is just until we're not happy, marriage is just for now, no, it, 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 it won't work. But when you go into it with the mindset because you, you understand what God's desire is for you and what he said, that it is for life, then it allows you to walk through the good times and the bad times, because there will be bad times in your marriage. And you don't have to say amen to that. But there will be one life, one faith, that you should be looking at your marriage and you should be thinking, I need somebody who can be a helper, who they can help me follow God. Well, for that to happen, I got to find somebody who's one faith. I got to find somebody who's like-minded when it comes to faith and desires to walk with God and to do the work of God. 
outside of that, it's going to be hard. I remember a couple years ago, I was talking to a couple young adults. I was down at our coastal campus, and, and uh, the guy came up, and he was talking to me. The girl, she was just starting to investigate uh, faith with Jesus Christ, just starting to investigate who Jesus was and walk with him. He came from a Muslim background. And he asked me, he said, now, I'm here because I just want to support her. She's wanting to check out Jesus and, and see what this is about. I'm Muslim. Um, we really like each other. I really think we're going to get married one day. I, I want to know your opinion. Is that going to be a problem if I'm Muslim and, and she's Christian? And I looked at him with all the love I, I had in my heart. I looked him dead in the eye and I said, yes, it will be a problem. Be- because when it comes to raising your kids... That's totally different values and totally different, different um, habits that you'll be involved in. That, that when it comes to how you spend your money, when, when it comes to, to all different sorts of things, it's going to create problems. And there was a lot of other things that I shared with him that day, but just talking about it from a relationship issue doesn't work. And again, I know for some of you, you're in a marriage right now where you have a spouse and who just doesn't walk with the Lord. And you would testify, it makes it difficult. Now, I also want to remind you that 1 Corinthians 7 says to stay in that relationship and walk in that relationship. Because who knows that you might be the catalyst that brings your spouse to a saving relationship with Jesus. That I was talking to a couple today, and then that's exactly their story. That the guy wasn't walking with the Lord, but a few years ago started walking with the Lord. Now it's changed their whole marriage for the better, but it started because of his wife. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, in just a minute, we're going to have a a prayer time. And we're going to have some of our prayer counselors over here in this connect corner. And some of you have a spouse that doesn't know the Lord. I'm going to invite you to come this morning and let us pray over you. Let us pray over your spouse, your husband, your wife, that they might start walking with the Lord because you need to be one faith. Find a helper you can be one with, one life, one faith, one, one bank. And here's what I mean by bank, one checking account, that, that you don't separate your money. And you might be like, man, I, I don't know if I trust that person enough to share my money with them because I just don't know what's going to happen. If you can't trust your money with them, then don't trust your marriage with them. Don't trust your life with them. Like, like if, if you can't even trust your money, which is just money, why would you give your life to that person? That... that When we say, well, let's have separate bank accounts, what you're really saying is, I don't trust you, all right? Now, here's reality. My wife and I, we have two bank accounts, all right? Like, I know you're looking at me like, Josh, you big hypocrite. Yeah, (laughs) probably, but here's why we have two bank accounts. That we have one bank account that is for fixed spending, meaning our bills, they come from that place. So we have a certain amount of money that goes into that, and we never worry about paying our bills. Never. Because fixed, fixed, it's there. We have another bank account that is flexible spending. That's what we do our flexible spending out of, all right? So yes, we have two bank accounts, but we both have access to both bank accounts. So what I'm trying to say when it, when it comes to one bank is, if you're trying to keep your money separate, there's a struggle that's going on inside about trust. I'd say the same thing about one bed. 
that, that we need to share one bed. And by that, what I really mean is sexual purity, is don't defile your, your bed. Don't bring lust. Don't bring porn. Don't bring other things into your bed when that bed should be one bed. Well, how, how do I have one life? How do I have one faith? How do I have one bank, one, one, one bed? It, it comes to submitting to one another. That if I recognize that my spouse is a helper and we're pursuing God together, well, then we're going to submit and we're going to walk it out, which is what Ephesians chapter 5 says. It's a whole section about marriage. I encourage you to read it all later, but I want to hit just verse 21. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Like, like the secret of marriage is submitting to one another, is recognizing that, that I'm willing to submit. This is, this is guy submitting to the lady, uh, to the wife. This is wife submitting to the husband. It's mutual submission. And if you read the rest of verses, it talks about wives submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wife. All right? Both of those are acts. Both of those are acts of submission. Because what I'm saying is, is I'm willing to honor you. As a husband, it says that be willing to lay down your life for your wife. And I think many of us would say, I'll take a bullet for my wife. I'll, I'll run in front of a car for my wife. We would probably all say that. But will we sacrifice for our wife daily? Wives, will you sacrifice for your husband daily? An act of mutual submission. Find a helper that you can become one with where there is no shame. Just think about that. Just think about that statement. Find a helper and become one with no shame. That you say that with my spouse, there is no shame. I love Genesis, how it wraps it up. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. That they were with each other. That they were naked. They were bare in front of one another. But as they were bare in front of one another, there was no shame. And why wasn't there any shame? I, I think that there was no shame because they didn't let sin into their life at that point. That they had no shame because there was no sin that had complicated things. And I think sometimes in our dating relationships, we bring sin in. And as soon as we bring sin in, it brings shame in. That we start functioning in a marriage before we should be functioning in a marriage. I think another reason that we bring shame in is because we allow things of the past to carry into the present. Now, I want to be real careful when I talk about this, because in a marriage, there should be no secrets. There should be no secrets. So there should be nothing from your past that, that your spouse doesn't know about if they want to know about it. Unfortunately, what we often do as people is we tell way too much all the way up front. That you'll get on that first or second date, and you'll be like, let me tell you everything about my past. And then that guy goes running. Right? Like, okay, thank you. A little too much. And it ends the relationship. Or here's what else it does. Is maybe they don't run, but because you've given all of your heart in a conversation on your second date, you are emotionally attached way too early. 
You find yourself in the midst of breakups and they hurt so hard, bad. They, 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 they hurt. Is that because you've allowed yourself to be emotionally attached or physically attached before it was time? See, when you first start dating, don't let the emotions run. Because it'll bring a, a, a oneness that you're not ready for or that it's time for. Now, there's a time that you need to unveil that stuff. There is. And it's before you say, I do. All right? That you need to be able to tell your story to that spouse. You need to be able to tell your story to that person that you're thinking about entering into marriage with. But you do it at the appropriate time. And when you do it, there should still be no shame. One, because if you've taken your story to Jesus, there's no shame. He's forgiven you. You are clean so you can walk in, in a wholeness. And then as you tell it, you can say, this is who I was. This is what I did. But the Lord has forgiven me. He has set me free and I'm walking clean. And now together you walk into the future with no shame. And that's what I want to invite you to do today. I want to invite you, for those of you who are single and you're just like, man, I, I want to find the one, well, then look for a helper who you can be one with when it's time where there's no shame. And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it this way, that, that if you're single and you're here, I'm going to ask you to spend some time praying with somebody. Like, like here's the reality. Marriage is the second most important decision you'll ever make in your life. The most important decision you'll ever make in your life is surrendering your heart to Jesus Christ as your Savior. Like that is by far the most important decision you'll ever make. The second most important decision is if you choose to get married, who you marry. Because that will dictate so much of life. So some of you are single. Some of you are in dating uh, um, time frame of your life right now. Don't keep that to yourself. Let somebody pray over you. Let, let somebody put their hands on your shoulder and pray for you as you're looking for the one. Tony and Beth, I'm going to ask a favor of you guys. If you would, just go to the connect corner there and be available for somebody to pray with. Because there's some of you in this room, you need Tony to pray over you or you need Beth to pray over you and you need to know that, that God can help bring the right person into your path. Some of you are dealing with marriages and you've got a spouse right now that doesn't know the Lord. Then I want you to go there and I want you to be willing to let them pray over you. Let them pray for your spouse. Because I can tell you, if, if the Lord gets a hold of your spouse's heart, man, God, just amazing things can happen in life and in marriage. But I also say this. There's some of you who you don't know the Lord yet. And what you need is not just somebody to pray over you about your future, like those guys over there in the corner will do. You need to surrender your life to Jesus. Because here's the beauty. I've been talking about relationships the whole time so far. I've been talking about earthly relationship. I've been talking about marriage. But I want you to think about this in a spiritual sense. In a spiritual sense, you need a helper who you can be one with where there is no shame. And the beauty of the gospel is this, is that Jesus wants to come into your life. 
And what Jesus says is that when he comes into your life, he gives you a helper. See, the, what we call the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is defined in John chapter 14 as the helper, that he helps us. And scripture says that when you repent and you are baptized, that you get the indwelling gift of the Spirit. So if you want a helper in your life, all you have to do is surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Take that step of faith. Today, make a decision and get baptized and, and, and say, I'm going to wash away my sins. I'm going to allow Jesus into my life. And the Holy Spirit will come in and you will get a helper who you can walk through life with. And he will help you do the work that God has called you to do. And in that relationship, you'll be one. You will be united with God. You will be one with God where there is no shame. Where there's no shame. See, when we come into a relationship with Jesus, he washes it all away. That's what I love about baptism. I'll, I'll tell you right now, there's nothing magical in that water. It's a chlorinated pool. But here's what does happen when you take that step of baptism, that spiritually you're going down into the water and those sins are being washed away. And in a newness of life, you come out where you're able to walk with no shame because you know, I gave it to Jesus. I gave it to Jesus. So today, find the helper. I'm going to invite you to go ahead and stand with me right now. And I said at the very beginning, today is a service that we're going to put some legs with our faith. And for some of you, here's what that means. You're single, you want to be married, and you need somebody to pray for you about your future spouse. Some of you are dating and you need to be prayed over. We have prayer counselors in the Connect Corner right now, right over there, and they want to pray with you. And we're going to take this time. We're just, they're going to pray over you. Some of you have a spouse that needs to come to the Lord. Go to our prayer counselors. They will pray over you. They will pray for your spouse. Some of you need to take the step of salvation and the step of baptism. I'll be standing right there. One of my friends, Lois, will be right there, and we'll help you take that step. You are not meant to be alone. So allow the helper to come into your life today. Let's connect with him.